0: Thank you. That was especially lovely uh, this morning. So um, it was interesting that when I was looking for the in the children's Bibles that we have, and we have a, a number of them, not one of them had, um, at least with pictures, had the story of the temptation of Jesus. Um, I guess they don't quite know what to do with this for kids. <laughs> But it is significant that in um, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus' baptism does immediately precede the story of uh, Jesus in the wilderness. Matthew and Luke um, have a longer passage about these 40 days in the wilderness. Um, goes into some description about what the temptations actually were. But not Mark. Mark gives us only two verses about uh, what we've uh, thought a lot about over the years. This is what the Gospel of Mark tells us about those 40 days. i read to you from Mark chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. And the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan... And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. That's it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for a simple, profound word. Open this old word to us. Make it new again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's it. After Jesus' baptism and Mark were told in the spirit, immediately that uh, Mark, the gospel writer, loves that word. It's used all the time. Immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness where he was for 40 days tempted by Satan and he was with wild beasts and the angels waited on him. Matthew and Luke tell us the more detailed account. We're told that Jesus in those two gospels were led. He was also led by the spirit. And there were three temptations in a little bit of a different order. Um, that the, uh, the, the, uh, Satan tempted him to turn these stones into bread. Uh, Satan tempted Jesus to throw yourself down from the pinnacle and to worship me. And then all this kingdom will be yours. In both Matthew and Luke, as in Mark, Jesus stands firm in his faith and his trust in God, who Jesus knows as his father. It is the last two verses of these passages that I want us to focus on. So Luke tells us this, when the devil had finished every test, he he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. I'll be back, right? Uh, the devil would return to Jesus for temptation later. In, um, In Luke, we're told, then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, enters into Galilee and begins his ministry. Matthew tells us this, then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on Jesus. So after the devil left, maybe the wild beasts as well, the angels suddenly showed up. These three closely related endings to Jesus' time in the wilderness are, yes, similar, but different. With Luke, when the devil has finished, he leaves. You don't hear anything else about him until later in the gospel. In Matthew, when the devil leaves, suddenly angels show up. Now remember that throughout scripture, angels show up in all kinds of ways. In the birth narrative, we have a heavenly host singing in the heavens. We I I looked back. I never see that it says they have wings, but we kind of always envision them with wings. We also know that in the story of Genesis, angels appear looking like three men at the gate or near the entry to the tent of Abraham and Sarah. They appear differently, but we know consistently throughout Scripture that angels are those who bring the message from God. And in this story... Angels are those that, who the message they bring is the care for this one Jesus. So, where were these angels and when did they show up? Mark puts it all together in those two simple verses. What we hear is this. Jesus was tempted and while he was tempted, he was surrounded by wild beasts. And the angels waited on him all at one time. The temptation, the wild beasts, and the angels, all there. I'm drawn to this telling for sure because this is how I've experienced temptation, wild beasts, and angels. They most often come to me, live in me, all at one time. Maybe you can relate, maybe not, but hear me out. There are I'd like to use the word gazillion, Um, ways to be tempted, (laughs) right? Whether in your personal life, your family, your vocation, um, it's pretty universal. Temptation, a a call, a movement, a sense of doing something that, believing something, doing something, saying something that you know is not in the way of God. Um, I experienced the temptation to be despairing. Now, sometimes this surprises people because I seem pretty cheerful, (laughs) and I have a pretty positive disposition most of the time, but over the years, I have made note that I have a strong temptation to be despairing. Watch the news, right? You get a diagnosis, or someone you love gets one, and maybe it's again. Maybe there's a situation in the family, your work, your neighbor, your church, that seems hopeless. And the temptation then, and maybe you've experienced as I have, is to go, there is no hope. Maybe there is no God. Maybe there's no use. Maybe none of this makes any sense. That's a temptation that I experience. Surrounded by wild beasts. Now what might that be when we're thinking, like, I'm sure that in Jesus' time that was a literal thing. In the desert that there were wild beasts. Most of us don't have an experience of being threatened daily by wild beasts, but there are many wild beasts that live inside or outside of us. My family of origin has a long history of anxiety. I mean, we can trace it, literally trace it back generations. Um, Sometimes it shows up as what's called generalized anxiety. Sometimes it's shown up in panic attacks with people in our family, OCD episodes, all kinds of things. Anxiety is a wild beast that has lived in my family and that I have experienced myself. Maybe that's a wild beast that endangers you, or, or maybe it's depression, or maybe it's grief. Or maybe it's fatigue. Or maybe it's a toxic relationship. Or maybe it's the wild beast of an addiction. When we are surrounded by wild beasts, this I know, temptations seem so very difficult to resist. So a personal story. Uh, Last January, a year ago, I had a pretty bad bout of depression. Um, Grief over the death of my mom exhaustion from all that you've, many of you have experienced from um, everything that had to be done with her house, um, finances, fatigue, trying to navigate the holidays, depression, grief, fatigue. Those were the wild beasts that really, really lowered my resistance to the temptation of despair. And yes, there were days I gave into it, but... Here's the part. This is why I love uh, this story of uh, Mark's telling so much. I was not alone. Through that whole time, I was surrounded by angels. I didn't feel like I was going to (laughs) cry. I was surrounded by angels. Um, My husband, my daughters, my sons, My friends who called, texted, sent funny messages and weird cards, many of you who didn't even know. And through that all, I found the strength um, with the encouragement of a friend to get a therapist, which I had needed for a long time, to help me process grief, to help me through transition. All these people have been angels. But they existed in my time of temptation and wild beasts. All together. All at one time. I imagine there's the experience that Luke tells about of, or Matthew tells about, of angels suddenly appearing. And maybe you've had that as well. But because I've lived this, this is the story I identify most with. And maybe... It connects with your story as well. Because that's why we read the Bible. That's why we come to worship. Because it's food for our soul. And stories that inform and inspire our stories. Like Jesus, isn't it good to know that he was not alone, even when he maybe felt it, that he was surrounded by angels? A hymn came to mind when I was writing this uh, sermon Um, it's the hymn we most often only sing at um on all saints day but it's about uh it's it's the hymn I sing a song of the saints of God and that last verse is this they live not only in ages past there are hundreds of thousands still the world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus will you can meet them in school on the street in the store in the church by the sea In the house next door. And they are saints of God. Whether rich or poor. And I mean to be one too. And I thought of that. uh, Those words came to me. But only thinking about it in terms of angels. Right? God's presence. Messengers with us. The world is bright with the joyous saints. The angels. Who come to us and live with us. And inspire us. And then it ends with. And I mean to be one too. Um. All of us, all of us here, we're angels, we're messengers of God's love. Um, We can be that for other people, so just remember that as we begin this Lenten journey, um, that only are you not alone, but you are a messenger so that others know that they are not alone as well. All of us, all at one time, amen, amen.